Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday and Merry Christmas. My name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here. Whether Christmas is your favorite day of the year or whether this is a particularly challenging week for you, please know God is with you and God loves you today and every single day, all the time. Today we're going to celebrate the most blessed woman who ever lived. Today's message is from the Gospel of Luke, and it is all about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And today's passage resounds with one of the great themes of Luke and Acts. That's two books of the Bible written by the same author as companion pieces to each other. And this great theme is the upside-down kingdom of God. The great paradoxes of our faith, like the fact that the Son of God came to earth to serve us rather than to be served These seeming contradictions reflect a spiritual reality that God is very little like we tend to expect. The backdrop for today's story is the story of Zechariah from two weeks ago. If you don't remember or you weren't here, Zechariah was a priest of God serving in the temple and an angel of the Lord appeared and said, your wife is going to be pregnant. And he was like, "Ah, I'm not really sure. And in return, he was made unable to speak until the birth of his son, who was John the Baptist. In today's passage, in contrast, we see how a poor servant girl responds to the promises of God through an angel of the Lord. Mary has heard from an angel that she's going to be pregnant, and she's been made pregnant outside of marriage. The angel told her, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God, and Mary believed. And she became pregnant, and that's changed the world. But it was most likely not the greatest change for Mary. It is unlikely that anybody but Joseph believed her story of being made pregnant by the power of God. Parents, how many of you would believe your kids if they told you this? Hands up. First service, two. Two people would believe their kids. You got honest kids. That's a very impressive streak if they have managed to win your trust that far. Also, I have a bridge for you. Ah, all right. Mary would have been considered by the people around her and even by her family unfortunate and immoral because of her gender, her station, and her condition. She is therefore exactly the kind of person that God would choose to change the world forever. And so let's read the first half of today's passage. This is from Luke 1, verses 39 to 45. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth, that's Zechariah's wife. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed. Because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And so look at the setting here. We're in the house of Zechariah, the priest who failed to believe an angel of the Lord. And in contrast to this doubting priest, we have this poor servant girl. And she believes God. While Zechariah is struck mute for his faithlessness, this faithful servant girl is honored by the mother of the prophet, John the Baptist. And Elizabeth's greeting is filled with high praise. She calls Mary the mother of my Lord. And she says, my baby jumped for joy even to hear you. And she gives a great line, you are blessed because you believed the Lord would do what he said. 
I hope one of the results of today's sermon is that we all become primed to believe anything that God would tell us. God speaks to us through scripture and in church and through other people, but at some point God's going to say something to you. May we all have the faith of Mary. Elizabeth not only does not reject the girl pregnant outside of wedlock, she not only does not treat her like the lowly servant, she says, you are blessed above all women. (coughs) Elizabeth recognizes God does not do things the way we expect. Now, in the Protestant tradition, in part as a reaction against Catholicism, there's this long history of ignoring Mary. When I was a kid, I attended a couple Christian private schools. I got expelled from one, of course. And I remember being told that the way Catholics viewed Mary was idolatry. And therefore, people just didn't talk about her all the time. I think that's kind of silly. I don't believe that's true anymore, that we should ignore Mary. The Bible says she is the most blessed woman to ever have lived in the eyes of God. And her faith was perhaps the greatest in the history of Christianity. The honor she received is beyond my imagining. I think, think about the relationship you have with your mom. It's a fairly important relationship, whether it went well or poorly or a mix of both, right? And God's choosing a mom for his kid. Imagine you get to choose the mom for your kid. Who are you going to choose? You're going to choose the most amazing woman that you can think of. And who does God choose? He chooses this servant girl. In the next passage, we're going to see the faith that's at the core of Mary. This passage is famous, and it's called the Magnificat, based off the first word in Latin in this poem. And I'm going to read this through without stopping because it is poetry. It's meant to be heard and experienced and to reveal even more than it's saying in the individual words. And so verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And so we see in this passage who Mary is and who God is. Mary knows her identity, and she knows God. Her prayers reveal the upside-down nature of the kingdom of heaven. She starts by sharing who she is and who God is. Her soul is praising and rejoicing in God. And she confesses, I am a lowly servant girl, but now my spirit rejoices. She's finding joy in the promises of God, both in the promises to Abraham and Israel that she mentions at the end of this passage, and also in the promise made to her. Her faith in what the angel told her is incredible to me. I have heard from God before, and my, my reliance on that voice has gone like this over time. And here Mary's been made pregnant out of wedlock, and she continues to believe through everything she faces. And she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mary's chosen by God over everyone else in the world, and she knows it, and that's okay. She had an incredibly hard role to play 
especially seeing her son crucified. But she knows the honor that God has shown her. In a patriarchal culture that valued women very little, Elizabeth and Mary get the stage today, and Mary speaks one of the greatest prayers of poetry ever written. She starts by worshiping God out of her identity. And she tells us, God is the mighty one. He is holy, and he has done great things for me. That's a great testimony. You just point to God and talk about God and say that God's been good to you. When you can say that and it's true, people know. At the end of the day, whatever our circumstances, however we feel, however your Christmas goes, God is the mighty one and God is holy. And God's the kind of God who does the greatest things in the world for a lowly servant girl. Our God loves those who need it the most again and again and again and again. And that's good news because that means God loves you. At your best and at your worst, God loves you. If you are struggling, if you are of low station, today's passage is a reminder that God especially loves you. You're the kind of person that God chooses for blessing, both for you and through you into the world. And so after celebrating who she is and who God is, Mary moves from the personal to the corporate. And I think it's always worth highlighting in the Bible when we go from the one to the many. We live in the most individualistic society in the history of the world, except maybe Australia, which was made of boatfuls, boatloads of criminals, okay? And so we tend to focus on the I, the me and you God. And sometimes we miss that move to the we. And so after proclaiming who God is and what God has done for Mary, she starts to celebrate what God has done through the world. She says, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. Now, first of all, first of all here, God is good to those who fear God. And if you haven't heard this before, the use of the fear of God in the Bible means something like reverence or worship rather than being afraid as if God is angry or mean. And I used to listen to pastors say this during sermons, and I was a little suspicious. Like, are you trying to water the Bible down because you're embarrassed about what it says here or something? But I have since then looked up every use of the fear of God in Scripture and read through them, and it's very clear. It's talking about worship and reverence. It's talking about looking up to God first above all things. And so I could have been a little less suspicious of the preachers who came before me. And if you feel suspicious right now, do the work. God especially shows mercy when we show reverence, when we gather together in worship. And I think that might be part of why I leave here on Sunday mornings feeling better and feeling forgiven, because we've gotten to reverence God together, and we've gotten to have an experience of God's mercy together. Mary continues, God has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down the princes from their thrones and exalted the humble he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. And so we see here that God brings down the proud and haughty and the princes and then lifts up the hungry and the humble instead. He sends the rich away with empty hands. This is good news for all of us, even though if you go to globalrichlist.com and you enter your income, guess what you are? Super rich. If you are the poorest American, you're in the top 10%. And if you're not the poorest American, you're in the top 1%. That's us. All right? The reason there's good news in this is that God shows his mercy for Mary. 
it says here that God does not sit forever as the wealthy and powerful do. Okay, if I blank out one more time, we'll switch mics. God does not sit forever while the wealthy and powerful do wrong. He pulls them down. And while the world may give more to the rich, that's not actually the work of God. God gives to the hungry. And he sends the rich along with what they already have. God does things that look upside down to us here on earth. The kingdom of heaven is an upside down world. Here we exalt the rich, the princes and the powerful. Here if you're proud, you are admired, you're given a TV show to express your opinion as if that matters about everything under the sun. Here the rich leave with more and it's been that way for thousands of years. Mary here shows real faith. She knows the character of God. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. That's in James and 1 Peter and the Psalms. There is very little that is in the Bible three times. God opposes the proud and gives grace to those who are humble. Mary knows the God who, through her son Jesus, would say, Blessed are the poor. While pronouncing woes on the rich, Jesus preaches these things in Luke 6, just five chapters after today's reading. I'll read a few, couple of verses from Luke 6. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now. In due time, you will laugh. We serve a God who stores up special blessing for those who need it the most. The Bible says again and again, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. When you are at your lowest point, that is when God is most powerfully for you. If you're dealing with depression, if you're experiencing crushing sadness or grief that don't seem like they're going to go away, Jesus promises eventually you're going to laugh. That is super good news. For those who are hungry, those who come to loaves and fishes, those who are hungry anywhere in the world, Jesus says you're going to be satisfied. These are promises that reveal who God is. The Bible says the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. I said that already, but it's in the Bible again and again and again. You can look it up. These promises show how things work in God's kingdom, and they point us as the people of God toward our ministry today. We're called to bless and serve those in need. We're called to feed the hungry. We're called to comfort those who are weeping. As the people of God, we share the mission of Jesus. And so we can hear these words of Mary from 2,000 years ago, and we can enter into them. Her poetry becomes part of our life and part of what we do together as the people of God. The final two verses of the Magnificat are about God's relationship with his people. Verse 54, Mary says, He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. This is good news for Israel and Mary's time, and it's good news for us today. God had a deal with the Jews, the people of Israel, and I love what my professor, uh, Rolf Jacobson, says, there's no sign that that deal is over. God still has the same deal with the original people of God. But it also says in the New Testament that when we believe in Jesus, we become partners and children of Abraham with the Jewish people. These promises are for Israel and they're for all of us 
who enter into faith in Christ. God is merciful to God's people, and the promises of the Bible are for you. Now, I believe the Magnificat is revered throughout Christian history and the Christian world because Mary is a hero of our faith. What would you say to God if he said, I'm going to make you pregnant without you being with anyone? I can, I can imagine laughing. I mean, I'm a guy. I don't get pregnant very easily, right? I can imagine laughing. I can imagine arguing. That's a bad idea, God. Don't do that, please. What am I going to tell my mom, right? This is definitely going to cause me problems, right? It's hard for me to imagine celebrating and telling people about what God has done and then trusting God without stopping and being able to worship God like this even in the middle of everything you go through socially and everything that happens around her. Mary believed God when he spoke. And we serve a God who still speaks today. Amen? You know, there's a lot of people who struggle around, how do I hear God? I think that's on God, not you. I don't think the way you hear God depends on what you do. I think God is perfectly capable of figuring out what it takes to reach you. And we don't see in Scripture or Christian tradition or very many people I know God speaking all the time. God appears to be a God of few words. <laughs> when they come, will you believe? Will you have the heart of Mary and trust the God who continues to speak today? I pray that that would be true for every one of us here. Mary was chosen over every woman in the world to be the mother of Jesus. It's very hard to preach about Mary. I was praying this morning and I was like, Jesus, I do not want to talk bad about your mom. I want to do a good job. I know how I would feel if someone talked about my mom, right? Mary was Jesus' mom. She celebrated what God had done for her and the people of God. And her words encourage our faith today like any mother would do for her children. And so receive the word of God today and the blessing of Mary. God is for the lowly and the brokenhearted, and God is for you. I invite the worship team to come back forward. I invite you to stand as you are able. We're going to go to worship and prayer at the end of our service because they're the most important things we do when we get together. I have three tips for you or not. I have three tips for you. Something to read, something to pray, and something to do to put the word of God into practice as we have received it today. Tip number one, read Luke 1 through 3. All our Christmas preaching has come from these passages, and reading them will set you up for a beautiful Christmas. Tip number two, pray for God to give you faith like Mary's, that you would hear the voice of God and believe. And tip number three, encourage someone else in their faith this week. The Magnificat is in here to encourage us, and you have the opportunity to go out into the world and encourage someone else. It might be someone you don't normally see because it's Christmas week. You might need to use Facebook or email or a text. Send someone an encouragement in their faith, just like Mary has encouraged us today. God, we thank you for the example of Mary. We thank you for choosing a servant girl. We thank you for turning up everything upside down. And on behalf of those most in need in our community, we thank you for especially loving us when we are poor, when we are brokenhearted, when we are downcast, when we are of low station. Thank you, God. Help us to be a people who reflect your heart, who show the same values that you show, who live things upside down. Be with us as we worship God. Send your spirit today. Amen. Amen.
Merry Christmas, friends. God bless you. If you're visiting, I'd love to meet you by the Welcome Center. The worship team's going to lead us into worship. If you're on the prayer team, could you come forward at this time? We would love to pray for you for anything under the sun. Do we have anyone who can stand on this side? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And so come and receive prayer as God leads. God bless you, friends.